My guest this week grew up in the Valle de Joux, or what he calls the cradle of watchmaking. Seriously, in this area of Switzerland, the whole town works in watchmaking. His grandfather did it, and his father did too. But he didn't think he had the skill to follow in their footsteps. So he chose a different path, but it left him unhappy. The passion just wasn't there. But one day, he received an opportunity to work at the oldest watchmaker in the world. So naturally, he took it. Thirty years after returning to the family's watchmaking roots, he's as passionate as ever. And still at the same company, might I add. My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo, a podcast exploring the world of fashion with the people who shape it. My guest this week is Christian Selmoni, the heritage and style director of Vacheron Constantin. Christian and I discuss how innovation works at a 264-year-old company, how they're tapping into their roots by selling vintage watches, and how Silicon Valley and the world of watchmaking have more in common than what you think. Thanks for, thanks for chatting with me today. I really, really My appreciate pleasure. it. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'd love to chat with you about. I mean, obviously, your, your career at Vacheron and basically I, I hopefully you'll kind of humor me too and talk to me a little bit about the swiss industry and watches as a whole because i okay. think for me um there's something i've never really been able to put my finger on and understand of how switzerland and the culture of switzerland and france and just that area of europe and even parts of germany there is a admiration and appreciation for watches unlike anything i've ever seen and it's the, I, I want it to be more contagious in the U.S. And I feel it really is becoming that. But there's a, you know, when we first chatted, you had talked about how you had a watch when you were at a young age. Uh, and so we'll, we'll talk all about all this sort of fun stuff. And I'll give you plenty yeah. of time to think about that. But um, where, where are you from originally? So um, my family is coming from the Italian part of Switzerland. So that's why my, my, my name is Salmoni. Sounds like an Italian name, but in fact, this is a Swiss, uh, Swiss-Italian uh, name. Okay. And my grand-grandfather uh, uh, moved from, from that Italian part of Switzerland to the French part of uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Because uh, well, basically he was trying to find, find, find work. And uh, he went to the Valley of Joux, which mm-hmm. is the kind of Silicon Valley of, of fine watchmaking. Yeah. To come back to, to, to my name, so, so my name is from the Italian part of Switzerland. However, I was born in the French part of Switzerland and uh, in the Valley de Joux, the cradle of uh, fine watchmaking. Yeah. One of the cradles. There yeah. are some others. I don't want uh, well, to. And, yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of incredible watchmaking all around that area. But, you know, when we had first chatted, you had talked about how, you know, this was like a part of your family. Like, didn't, yeah. didn't you say that, uh, like, your, your grandfather at one point? Yes, definitely. So... <clears throat> Well, I think you you have to to maybe better understand uh, what it is. So the Valley of Joux is uh, almost dedicated to to, to watchmaking. So uh, at least you have a parent, a friend, a brother, uncle uh, who, who was working in, in in watchmaking at least in in the sixties and the seventies. Maybe these days is is still the, still the case too. So um, and it was very common, right? It wasn't yeah. like only prestigious. It was just. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, we can talk about that. I think um, the Valley de Joux uh, as a, well, is one of the Valley of Watchmaking, but I would say uh, they, they are specialists in uh, high complications. Mm. So if you think about uh, famous uh, watches, uh, 
famous collector's watches of uh, the early 20th century, like big pocket watches mm -hmm. that were uh, collected by, by some uh, American collectors like, uh, like Packard or, or, or Graves. Many of these uh, watches uh, were actually, the movements were made by people from the, the Valley du Joux, from, from this area. Right. They were really specialists in, in high-end, uh, uh, complicated uh, timepieces, astronomical complications, stopwatches, striking watches. And so uh, <clears throat> so that's a complication, just, just to, for listeners who may not understand. Complication is, is what in a watch? Well, everything which is added to oh, the okay. function of time. So, I mean, I mean, you can have the hours, minutes, and sometimes seconds. Mm -hmm. And if you add something more, like a calendar or or minute repeater or chronograph. Right. So it, it is a complication. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, so to come back to Valet de Joux, so, um, and to come back to my family, so my, my, my grand, grandfather and his brother, they were both, I would say, this kind of watchmakers who were, were uh, you know, not only f fantastic watchmakers, but they were also very interested in uh, other things like philosophy, astronomy, literature, things like that. And I remember very well when I was a kid, I was maybe like, uh, I don't know, eight or ten. Uh, we, we, we had uh, every Sunday, uh, like Sunday dinner, family dinner. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was listening to, to my grandfather and his brother. And they were really talking about philosophy, <clears throat> I would say hours. I was very, very impressed by, the, by, by this gentleman because they were, they, they looked to me like, it was very impressive, impressive for me. Right. So I think they were they they were extremely good examples of um, what is this um, legacy of fine watchmaking in the Valley du Joux. So you know, not just not simply very good artisans, but uh, also um, having um, an interest for other other things like mathematics, uh, etc. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an association with with watchmaking that's also very close to uh yeah like philosophy and in the beauty of uh like culture in general yeah. and especially with it like what you were saying in the Valley de Joux the that so much of that culture being based around watchmaking also makes them very receptive to some of these other parts of what, what some people in the U.S. would say kind of like high culture but I would say that you know it sounds like that was just the standard over there yeah I think <clears throat> Uh, if you are specialized into uh, high complications, uh, let's say, for example, if you specialize in astronomical watches mm -hmm. and you think about uh, complications like perpetual calendars, mm -hmm. uh, well, this is based on, on astronomy. Uh, and so uh, it, it, it makes sense to, to, to have notions of astronomy and uh, mathematics as well. Right. So, so this is, this is uh, where it comes from. And um, so I was... I was uh, all in my childhood. I was really surrounded by, by these watches and these complications and these stories. Right. And so I remember this uh, very well, extremely well. And I used to, my, my grandfather was, was working uh, as a watchmaker at home. And I remember very well, I was maybe six or seven. Mm -hmm. I was going to see my grandfather and uh, he was showing to me his tools, what he was doing. He was trying to explain me uh, what, he was, what he was doing uh, in terms of watchmaking. Mm -hmm. And I even remember that uh, he used to talk to me about uh, one complication which was mythical, which is the tourbillon. And the tourbillon it was at this time a very mythical complication. Only a few tourbillons were existing. Yeah. And he was talking with, about these tourbillon systems with a lot of respect in the voice. So I remember pretty much about this, uh, these tourbillon complications. And the first time I saw a tourbillon wristwatch, 
I was pretty, you know, who impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and, and if listeners don't understand it, a tourbillon is, is more or less one of the highest complications that you can make in watches. And it, it's basically fighting the uh, yes. gravity of the watch, correct? Yeah. In fact, this, this is a stem which, were, which was uh, uh, invented um, at, at the time of the, of the pocket watches because uh, obviously you wear pocket watches in your pocket, but you're mm-hmm. supposed to. And so uh, the watch is, um, has, to, has to fight again. Well, it cannot fight again the... the, the the, the gravity, right. and then that's that's how they they invented the tourbillon, uh, which is a which is a stem, uh, which is a cage, and, and all the uh, important organs of the of the, of the watch are, are are moving in this cage, and so uh, the rotation of the cage avoids the the effect of gravity. So this is something which was uh, very complex to 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 achieve for Incredibly. a maker. Yeah, yeah. However, uh, to say the truth, um, uh, these days with uh, computers and uh, CNC machines. This is something which is uh, easier to, to, to achieve than, than in comparison with 50 years ago. Really? Yeah, really. But it's still, it's still a high complication and it's, uh, it's a very spectacular complication. And for watchmakers, it's a great, uh, it's a great possibility to showcase their, their skills in the field of finishings because yeah. uh, this is something which has to be perfectly finished. So back when you are your younger kid and you see that your grandpa is and your family is, is, you know, ingrained in this society of watchmaking, what made you interested in it? Like, when did you decide that, hey, I think I'll pursue this? Well, I mean, uh, the, um, I, I didn't, uh, well, I think I, I didn't have the skills to, to become a watchmaker, so very, very simply so. I my how how could you say that in English? I would say my hands are too. Uh, what do you say? Clumsy? How do you call that? Clumsy? Yeah, clumsy. Thank okay. you. Yeah. No, yeah, you're fine. So so you know um uh, so I don't think I, I, I could I could have been a, a good watchmaker. So but anyway, <clears throat> what uh, what happened uh, before I finished school uh, in nineteen? Well, it was in 1974. Uh, we had what we what we used to call the the quartz crisis. Okay. So the invention of the of the quartz. Quartz uh, movement, quartz watches. movements by mm-hmm. by the Swiss and the Japanese <clears throat> has changed uh, everything in what in, in watchmaking in Switzerland in the seventies, meaning that uh, at this time the the only way to to read the time basically you 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 were reading the time on your on your watch and uh, on on the clocks uh, on of, of the churches for 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 example, and suddenly the the quartz uh, made possible the 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 reading of time on any 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 device, mm-hmm. and so uh, mechanical uh, watches are uh, lost their their. And this was everyone in the entire yeah, industry. Sure. Yeah. It wasn't so, just so that, affecting that, that one. was there was a revolution. Yeah, and so um, Switzerland lost uh, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of of uh, of, of jobs of, of shops. Yeah, and um, I was uh, I was at. At, at college at that time, and um, none of my college mates uh, wanted to become a watchmaker, but because we all thought that a mechanical watchmaker w- w- would die, right? So we so so actually, I I I I, <clears throat> I finally I I started to work in in the field of finance and uh, and procurement, mm-hmm. and uh, by accident or by chance. I could, uh, I could, uh, I could come back to watchmaking uh, at the end of the eighties. Right, you can't escape what's in your blood. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what what happened? What happened is that uh, 
Well, I, I was I was working in Geneva in, in financial services. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm sorry to say that, but it was quite boring. And so yeah, um, I've, I've heard from <laughs> others. <laughs> and so um, a friend of mine who was coming from the same valley, um, uh, the Valley du Joux, uh, asked me, uh, "Would you be interested to 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 work in in watchmaking?" Uh, because uh, while well, mechanical watchmaking is slowly coming back, and uh, there, there is an opportunity at Vacheron Constantin, so I knew the the company uh, by reputation, and I said to myself, oh, "Okay, this is something. Uh, at least watches are tangible objects, and yeah. uh, that would be cool." And uh, I was just uh, I was thirty, and I just said, "Okay, let's let, let's see let's see this company and let's see what they they have." And I had a discussion with. Uh, <coughs> With with the guys at, at this time, and um, I said, uh, "Yeah, okay, let, let's go for it." So I started to uh, to work for them uh, in uh, January, uh, no, February 1990, which makes uh, 29 years. That's pretty now. impressive. Yeah, that that's very <laughs> funny. Yeah. So I, well, <clears throat> the 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 funny thing is that uh, when I started to work there, so I almost immediately, uh, yeah, I reconnected with this uh, very important part of my childhood. Which yeah. were our watches, and so I was a pretty, yeah, I I, I really discovered something, uh, a world, a fantastic world, and uh, <clears throat> uh, I mean, um, my from uh, from the education point of view, uh, I have a master in uh, purchasing, so I'm 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 a purchaser. Oh, there you and go. So, yeah, I'm yeah. a purchaser too, but I'm just, I don't <laughs> oh, have any degree in it. I just and like to buy stuff. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> and so, um, well, uh, at Vachon Constantin, uh, one, of, one of my first jobs, because I, I did uh, several different jobs, was to, I was head of purchasing at Vachon Constantin. That was absolutely great. Because uh, thanks to this job, I could uh, really see how a watch was, was manufactured uh, through all the suppliers. Oh, in, in okay. Switzerland, and, and some of them were in Italy, especially, uh, I would say, straps, for example. Mm -hmm. I started to, to, to emerge my, immerse my, myself more and more into product to un understand how, how, how it's made, but also how, how it was designed. So I started to be part of the, um, of the team who was uh, in charge of product development. And what and year is this? It was in, in the middle of the 90s. Okay. And uh, I worked with them uh, s several years, uh, and finally, at the end of the nineties, uh, while <clears throat> Vachon Constantin CEO asked me whether I would be interested to to create the, the product department at Vachon Constantin, because at this time we were we were just uh, outsourcing the, the the creation, so the design was outsourced to a studio uh, external. So I said, okay, well, it's a, it's a great uh, it's a great opportunity. So I. I left my functions. At, at this time, I was I was a manufacturing um, and supply chain director. So I had uh, maybe ninety people uh, under my, under my my management. Ninety, nine, something like that. Yes, that's a lot. That's a, that's really impressive. Really? Yeah. I mean, I just want to pause for a second because I think one of the things that you know you're saying, and, and it's great that you're you're able to communicate so much of part of your story, and especially at one company. But something, you know, two things that. I didn't hear uh, in a good way while we were talking is, so like maybe it's an American thing, but I think when you have the opportunity presented to you to maybe do something that your family did or something that was associated with your family, at least from the experience I've had and experiences of other people I know, sometimes you're somewhat um, not into that. 
it's it, it doesn't sound appealing because it's like, well, I don't want to do what my family did. Mm-hmm. But it sounded to me when we were talking earlier that you were really excited to yeah. get back to this and you were able to connect to something that very meant much. a lot to you. Yeah, very, very, very much. So, no, I had this, uh, I would say when I, when I joined the company in, in the 90s, early 90s, I, I was, yeah. you know, it, it took me a couple of, uh, I don't know, weeks or months and I was very much into this. I mean, like, uh, like I, I was really, I was, I was totally uh, fond of watches. So yeah, yeah. I started to read a lot about watches, about history of watches, about brands, etc. And so, um, no, no, I, I was, you know, I, I always, I, I don't remember an, one single day in which I, when I woke up in the morning, uh, I said, oh my gosh, I have to go to work this day. So I, this is something I don't, I don't know. And uh, I even consider my job like, not exactly a job, but it's like just my little life. I mean, um, this is something which I, I have it in, definitely in my blood, I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, surely yeah. you've been at Vacheron for almost 30 years. Like yes. that's, obviously you're, you're pretty happy. I, that's, that's unbelievably rare and, you know, incredible. And I think too, you know, while we were talking, you weren't like, oh, my goal was to be the CEO in four years, or yeah. I'm going to change and revolutionize the entire company. It, it sounded like you were really excited and content to to be a part of a larger, you know, work of art that what you guys yeah. were doing over there. I mean, yeah. that's really fantastic. Yes. In, in fact, I, I think for me, um, well, I, I had, you know, I had this connection with, uh, with what I, what I would call the, the product itself. Mm-hmm. So I really loved the, the product a little bit like, like in the car industry or things like that. You, you, you really, yeah, you really feel at ease with the product, how, how, how it's made. You, you would like to, you would like to, to be part of uh, of the team who, who decides how to create the new car on a new camera, yeah. etc. So this is I had this great chance to do it. We had, we had facilities in another area in Geneva. Sure. At, so I, I I created this product department, and we were actually three. So uh, okay, so you go from ninety to three. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that was that was great. <laughs> and um, I was I was uh, you guys sit at the same my, lunch table. Friend, <laughs> I, I was with um, well, the head, the designer, the the only designer that we had, okay. who who was a great, great friend of mine, and we said, okay, so what do we do now? Hey, yeah, and uh, I was with my with my assistant and say, okay, let's let's do, uh, okay, let let's start. Let's and make so, a watch. Yeah, let's make watches. <laughs> and uh, we we had, um, uh, I would say, it was in two thousand one, and we we had four years of. Uh, of of tremendous work uh, in which we we had to prepare the 250th anniversary of the company okay. because in 2005 we we were celebrating a quarter of millenary and we had to to develop uh, super complicated watches and uh, a whole collection obviously we were not not uh, not alone to do that we were supported by by technicians by engineers mm-hmm. and by um uh, the the people from the R&D people who are designing the movements Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were located in the yes, the Valley du Joux, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, we um, we were two teams to work on uh, super complicated watches for this anniversary. So it was four years of of development, and we were basically two teams. One team in Geneva, we were we we were um, we were the driving force of this team, and one team in the Valley du Joux for working on 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 the watchmaking part, the movements. And the head of the the R and D at this time was, is unfortunately passed away, 
uh, was uh, Bernard Guillaume Gentil, who was uh, uh, an incredible guy, a very, very sarcastic guy and uh, okay. very, very clever, a very scientific guy. And uh, uh, he made possible the, the creation of, uh, of a watch, uh, which name was the Tour de Lille, who, who was in 2005, when we launched that watch, the most complicated uh, watch uh, ever made uh, in series in the history. Yeah, I'm very familiar with this. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a great adventure. And, and, uh, and we, we have worked together with, with them during four years. And just I remember very, very well uh, one, one uh, telephone call uh, with uh, Bernard, uh, who was head of R&D. And he told me, uh, you know, uh, we are almost at the end of the development of the movement for the Tour de Lille. And uh, there is a tourbillon which is on the front. And uh, the, the movement is uh, quite thick due to the complications we have in the back. And it looks a bit like a, like a hole. I'm not so happy with that. What do you think if we put a celestial map on, on the back? A celestial said, map? Yeah. Okay. I said, say, what? This is really cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes, Bernard, if you think that's a good idea, I think it's a really cool idea. So, so okay, so please uh, put the celestial map uh, on, on the back. I mean, just, it's not, obviously, it's not about just putting a celestial map on the back. You, yeah. have, to, you have to create the movement. You have to create the... the the pinions, so it's not trains. a sticker. Yeah, so so that, that, that's something which is functional. So he said, okay, okay. He said, so he said to me, okay. So then, uh, take care about uh, everything uh, that has to be put on the map, and I'll take care about the the, the technicality and 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 the complication itself. I said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> he said to me, about well, you have to represent the North Hemisphere and uh, the the Milky Way if you want. Yeah. Uh, I said, uh, how, how big it, it, will it be? So, uh, something like 15 millimeter. I'm like, come on. So you had 15 yeah, millimeters to like make that, yeah. in so, a celestial map. That was great. And so uh, <laughs> I, that, that was a challenge. Yeah? And we, yeah. we were something like six months before the revelation of the watch. So my colleagues from the technical department asked me whether I was totally mad because uh, normally we should have finished all the technical uh, development and the... You just, they said to me, you just come with uh, an additional complications. It's much too late. Do you think, uh, do you think we really have to consider that? I said, yes, yeah, of course, you should. You should. And finally, everything went well. And my colleague, for chief designer, uh, went to the Geneva Observatory of Astronomy mm-hmm. and, uh, and said, yeah, can you help me into uh, representing the North Hemisphere on a 15 millimeter uh, a map and said and, and they said yes of course <laughs> that was fun <clears throat> that was very fun so this is just one little 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 story about 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 that uh, that decade uh, in the 2000 well, the beginning of the 2000 when we when we we started to to implement the well, when we started to to finally to to design and develop uh, um, uh, all the watches in house so that was uh, I was uh, that w- that was a, a great, a great, uh, a great decade. Yes. Yeah, I mean, as as to kind of compare this as a company, that that would be like this is this may sound trite, so I beg your forgiveness here, but that would be like when Apple decided to make everything internally, mm-hmm. and the amount of time and the amount of engineering expertise and everything that's involved to to make that transition, which is a really big deal, and I think when. You know, for listeners, like when when people think about watches, a lot of people you just look at the dial and the name, and you're like, okay, that's that's yeah. what makes it special. But a lot of people don't always realize that you know maybe this company made the dial and this company made the movement, and yes. that's really common. So for a watch company to go, which was one of the things you were doing, going completely in house and manufacturing a 
a super high complicated, you know, movement and design is in a way it's, it's like a, it's like, look at, look at how incredibly intelligent and smart we are. It's like, it's like a big show off in, in a great way, you know, and it's a celebration of not only the history of what you guys were doing, but the accomplishments of what you could all do together. Yes. I, th- I think the comparison, well, I'm not at all an expert about, uh, obviously, uh, Silicon Valley and, and electronics, but I think there is <clears throat> there are some common points between uh, the network of uh, of suppliers or small companies in Switzerland mm-hmm. and, and the Silicon Valley in the sense that uh, probably they have the, the same the same spirit. I had a chance to visit uh, the Silicon Valley and some some companies uh, years, some years ago, and I found I really found the common points between between the two areas in the sense that. These people love challenges, and mm-hmm. uh, I have plenty of story to tell you. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, and and I, I I still have very good friends in 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 some areas in Switzerland, and um, I have a friend who is uh, who is manufacturing uh, screws for for watches. I mean, he's making screws. Screws, but I mean, screws are. <clears throat> this right. is something pretty important. In, of course, in, in watch. Yeah, obviously. And um, I remember one day I came, I came to him and said, yeah, I have an idea of uh, doing that and that. And uh, do you think you, you could do, uh, if, if I come to see you again, do you think you could do, do me some prototypes? And then the guy told me, Christian, okay, when you come next time, I stop all my machines for you. Oh. So that's great. Yeah, that's and, uh, I mean, there, there's nothing to see with, my, with myself. Or, 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 but I mean, it's just, <clears throat> I think, first of all, I think this is, the the human contact is something which is very important, uh, mutual respect, and uh, on top of that, I think this is always a question of challenge. If right. you come to see the, these people with a challenge and say, "Okay, we're going to do something awfully uh, complicated. We're going to do something uh, that that has never been made before," uh, would you would you be part of of that? And they always say yes. And I have a I have a funny story to tell you. You you, you, you have to, to stop me if if I, if I talk too much. But no, no, you're fine. Trust I remember me, you're good. in in this year when when we did this 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 uh, fantastic watch, the Tudelil. So we did seven watches, and uh, all of them had to be unique. And so we found a way to make them unique. Is so by, unique would be one of one. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, what what we what we what we found to 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 re differentiate one watch from the other mm-hmm. was to to decorate the, the two dials, because this watch is a two dial, one, one main dial and one sub dial on the back. And uh, we, we decided to decorate these dials uh, using a very old technique, which is called uh, guillochage, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is a very sophisticated technique, uh, which, uh, which is from the 16th or 17th century. And uh, we wanted to make every Tudelil with a single uh, uh, pattern. So every watch... Uh, would have uh, a different decoration. And uh, I knew a guy <clears throat> who was uh, one of the very few, maybe there were at this time five, five guys on the planet able to do this kind of job. <laughs> and I went to see him and uh, we started to, to, to talk together. And uh, I, I said to him, would you, would, you be, would you accept to do these uh, seven different patterns uh, for us? So uh, each watch will so be unique. He was very excited about that because that was a, a, a very nice challenge for him. I said to him, okay, listen, uh, and uh, okay, you, you decide uh, which uh, pattern you want to create okay. and you go for it. At the same time, I was saying that to him. I was saying to myself, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, just after one, I said, I said to him, but there is just, just one thing I would like to, to tell you. And he said to me, what? 
uh, well, just all the patterns, they really have to be of good taste. Right. So that was, there has been a long silence. <clears throat> and the guy said to me, okay, Christian, so you think I do not have a good taste? Oh, ouch. I said, no, not at all. Like, and no, so that, that was terrible. Down, buddy. <laughs> that was a terrible moment for me. <clears throat> and so he said to me, okay, I will, I will do these seven different uh, dials. However, I said, How, what? However, you will not see them until they are finished. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, in, the, in, in the next uh, months, I used, sometimes I used to, to, to call him at the phone and say, hey, René, how's life? Very good, he told me. Yeah, everything's fine. Oh, you should see these dials, how beautiful they are. Yeah, send me a picture. I say, no. Wow, so so he, he, so, <laughs> so he made these seven, seven dials, uh, and uh, once we, we, we got them, there was just a... That was a great moment because all of them are just fabulous. Right. That, that is a cool story. Yeah. And this is a pretty good example of uh, how we, we were really uh, cooperating in, in a very, um, in, a, in a partnership, uh, in a very close partnership with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's this a is, lot of this trust. is a nice sto- story because uh, we were just, uh, you know, above, um, yeah, we, d- we, didn't, we didn't feel like we, we were not exactly doing business with them. We, we, d- we were creating something. <clears throat> Yeah. Something beautiful and uh, technically flawless, of course. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was. It's one of my best uh, experiences yeah, so far. It happened again. You're sitting at the airport, sending out emails, checking social media. When your phone dies, oh lord! Now what? What are you supposed to do now? Do you want to sit on the floor, hovering next to an outlet? Nope. You grab your away suitcase with the built-in USB battery pack. Away was founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea. Luggage with power. All suitcases are made with a premium German polycarbonate that is impeccably strong. I've been using my Away carry-on for ages on dozens of trips and it still looks fantastic. I say this more and more because once you get one of those, you feel like you're in a club. I notice other folks with their Away luggage and I'm like, oh hey, what's going on? Oh, you got one too? Alright, respect. What are you doing? Charging your phone with the USB charger? Oh yeah, me too. Right now, Away is giving Blammo listeners $20 off their purchase. Visit awaytravel.com forward slash Blammo and use promo code Blammo at checkout. Don't even worry about shipping. Away has you covered. Last but not least, Away offers a 100-day trial. Live with it, vibe with it, travel with it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. So visit awaytravel.com forward slash Blammo and use promo code Blammo at checkout and get moving. So over the years at Vacheron, you start to kind of move into this newer role. Yeah. And because, I mean, Vacheron is... I don't know. It's one of the oldest. Um, well, it's the oldest, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. thank you for thank you for correcting me. Yeah, I mean, it is incredibly, you know, historic and prestigious, and there's so much beauty in all of the history that yes. what you guys are doing. And I think something that really excites me a lot about watches and watchmaking in general is that um, it's a really beautiful combination of technology of now, but also with respect and admiration of what has already been done. Yes, very, very true, yes. Yeah, and yeah. so you get put in charge of this, this whole new, you know, yeah. area of, of Vacheron. Can you, can you explain a little bit yeah. about that? I think that, for me, that, that, that was the most uh, interesting challenge because uh, I said to myself, it, it's, it's a pretty, pretty narrow path 
on on which I have to we have to 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 walk, because on 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 one side we have this great heritage, this legacy of two hundred and sixty four years of watchmaking now, and so uh, and so we have we have to respect that 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 legacy and that heritage, but uh, at the same time we have to create watches for the twenty first century. Yeah, and so this is something which is not so so easy. And uh, but but I think that's 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 what is particularly interesting. So you have to create, you have to you have to continue to create uh, elegant, uh, sophisticated, refined, beautiful, classic watches. But uh, you have to you have to make sure that these watches do not look like coming from the past, but they are really just from from today yeah and so this is something which uh for, i mean for the designer this is something which is uh, certainly the biggest uh, challenge yeah i mean it's you you must uh in a sense uh, feel that there 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 is a there is a story behind that that watch yeah i mean one of my uh favorites is i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right the the corn the cornet yeah, can you, can you help me here? The Corne Dash. Yeah, that that that's a very the, strange name for for for. It, yeah, the, the, French, the two register yeah, it's, chrono. It's, 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 it sounds weird in French as well. Yeah. So so this is the cow horn lugs chronograph. Yes. Ah. Yeah, we would say in English that. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a that's a great great timepiece. So well, to this actually. To talk about that watch, so sure. so the in French chronograph, corn de vache, so cow horn legs chronograph, ah, okay. is a design from Vacheron Constantin in 1955. Yeah, and uh, I love that watch um, because uh, for me this is also one uh, typical example of uh, what is uh, the, the the style of Vacheron Constantin. So so what it is. So on one side you have a very serious Swiss technical watchmaking so this is a chronograph which has a very readable uh, dial mm -hmm. with indications and it's very strict um, so no fantasy nothing but uh, the deluxe the attachment uh, on, on the case they are totally uh, I would say they're out there they <laughs> It's they, it's great, it's, man. It's, yeah, it's great. So absolutely. <laughs> so I think this this twist. I think this is the yeah classic with the twist is a, one of the signatures of Vachon Constantin. So 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 you have this uh, this very surprising timepiece uh, uh, which 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 which, uh, which arrived in in nineteen fifty five, and this is only one of the examples of uh, yeah. classic with a twist at Vachon Constantin. But that's a great example because uh, a, a chronograph in the fifties is, is a typical. Uh, watch for a professional or, or sportsman and um, mm -hmm. usually they, they do not have this kind of fantasy uh, speaking about the, the design but that's a great that's a great time piece yeah I love it yeah and so in your in your role I mean because a, a lot of uh, companies at the time like how they build and develop their archive and history um, record keeping wasn't always the best you know, they were much better at making watches yes. than they were at maybe storing all the records. So yes, yes, yes. were you traveling around, like trying to find pieces of the history of the company to, to build a larger archive? What, what is that like? No, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> I think one of the, of the, of the biggest uh, strengths of, uh, of Vacheron Constantin is, uh, I mean, seriously, is the fact that we have, uh, we have uh, all the registers uh, of the of the of the manufactured watches by Babachon Constantin since the beginning. So you really? have to. Oh yeah. my god! So we have uh, we have in uh, in, uh, in the heritage department 
a book uh, from Jean-Marc Vacheron, who was the founder of the company. Yeah. Which, uh, which um, includes uh, 2,000, uh, the first 2,000 watches. Holy cow. So this, this is a, a book which was uh, started in, which started in, in 1755. And, um, so this is before the United States even existed. <sighs> Okay, <laughs> well, it's just to to, to paint this to other yeah, listeners. No, I mean, it's, that's it's, a very it's, long it's time amazing. ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was talking about that the other day with our chief uh, archive um, head of archivist. Archive. Yeah, archive. yeah. Thank you. And she told me that uh, they they were not uh, working a lot with it, that register because uh, we we know that the the watches were produced uh, from number one to number two two thousand between uh, seventeen fifty five and eight, some something like eighteen fifteen. But uh, the watches themselves, they were not uh, identified with the number. So, so oh. we know uh, that they were producing uh, watches, but we, we have only descriptions. So after something uh, happened, uh, is that uh, Vacheron, Vacheron started to, uh, to uh, identify every watch with a, with a single uh, number on the movement. Mm. And so, uh, since uh, roughly uh, 15, uh, 18, uh, 15, we can really trace uh, all the, the, the history of all the Vachon watches, and that's just great because we have all the registers from, from, 18, 18, from the beginning sure. until now. So meaning that uh, this is really a treasure because we, every day we have, uh, we have inquiries from clients, from uh, auction houses for, yeah. for authentications, and we are able to authentify every Vachon uh, that we have made since the beginning. So that's really unique. That is very unique, yeah. and because I mean, for for listeners, that's that's not that common for many, especially companies that are no. that are is you know that have the history you guys have, and to to be able to to maintain these these registers uh, alive, uh, I'm saying, yeah, in, in, uh, that that that's something uh, fabulous, yes. And we obviously we work, uh, we also we, we work we work every day with these archives as well because we have inside these these archives. Uh, millions of stories that we are really reading, rediscovering. It's an endless uh, rediscovery of, uh, of our past. Yeah. I mean, because even then, there's, there's no Instagram or anything that's like documenting all that stuff. Yeah, sure. So sure. yeah. it's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, in, in terms of building this archive, have you, you know, over the, you know, your almost 30-year career at Vacheron, were you ever traveling around and you were seeing watches that Vacheron made that you didn't even know existed? Um, I have a, a or very, at least that you hadn't very seen. interesting story to tell you about that. Please. Yeah. So um, some some fifteen years ago, I used to see uh, in a in a in a photograph register uh, one picture. It was on page four hundred four. I remember mm-hmm. of a fantastic uh, a complication a pre a Second World War complication of Vachon Constantin. That was an amazing uh, barrel shape. Uh, minute repeater so this is this is a striking watch one of the biggest complications and uh, that watch had in addition uh, a retrograde calendar so which is a very rare complication at this time and uh, this was a made-to-order watch right uh, from 1936 so it was commissioned by someone who wanted yes it. absolutely okay. And I remember I said to myself okay so this one I will probably never see that watch in my in my life so and we have few information at this time about about that watch. We didn't know exactly how the, we didn't know where the watch was and if it was still existing. So the only trace that we had was uh, was a, was a picture and uh, and a number of of, of case. And um, um, one year ago, something like that, 
a colleague of uh, some uh, someone from from Philips, the auctioneers in Geneva, came came to to me and say, uh, Christian, I we we have uh, maybe uh, the possibility to to get um, one of very Vachon Constantin timepiece, and I I thought really oh I hope that this is that timepiece that I'm thinking about. Yeah, and uh, while you're like it, Indiana Jones. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Sorry. And so, um, so uh, it, it was a great moment for me because that what this watch. Yeah. So that this watch from 1936 on page 404 of of the of the photograph register just arrived uh, some months later in a very bad condition, and um, so um, Philips, uh, the auctioneer, so they they gave us the possibility to restore the watch. Right. And so we did that dist- restoration. And this absolutely unique, fabulous watch will be uh, sold by Philips Auctioners uh, the 11th and 12th of May 2019. Oh, so wow. that, w- that would be, be a great story. And I would like to, yeah, to, to tell you also that um, we, at, at the Heritage Department, we, it took us uh, weeks and, and weeks of work once we had the watch for restoration to try to find, find all the information uh, around this watch uh, in our archives. Right. And uh, hopefully, and thanks to the team who, who, who did that, they have been able to identify and to find all the story about that watch. Really? When I mean all the story, so we have letters from uh, our retailer in Madrid telling that uh, the client uh, who was in Chile uh, was interested in, in that watch. So we have the sketches of the watch. Wow. So we have the letters uh, with discussions and... Um, uh, what the client wanted to do, uh, he wanted to change the movement, he wanted to change the functions. We did several designs, so we have the, these designs. And we have all the, the letters between Vacheron Constantin and the suppliers of, the, of, of the, the complication part of the watch, which obviously they were located in the Valais de Joux. Right. <laughs> and I even uh, saw a letter of uh, Vacheron Constantin uh, uh, writing to, to, to the supplier in the Valais de Joux and saying, okay, so. We're sorry we will be uh, three weeks uh, late because we had the watchmaker in charge of the, of the watch has been sick. So we left. Oh <laughs> we had God. to leave um, three weeks. So we, so we found out the whole story. And uh, thanks to, 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 um, to, to our archives, we have been able to, to cooperate with Philips into establishing uh, and to, to really to, to, um, to have a complete story about, 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 about that watch. So this is uh, one example of, uh, of, uh, of how interesting it can be to... That's a hell of an example. Yeah, yeah very much. <laughs> so that's, uh, no, that, that's a very fantastic example, yeah, yeah I think. It's, so this is what is so, uh, I mean, for me, this is why I find still after 29 years and different jobs that I had uh, at this company, when you, when, you, when you have moments like that, you just, you know, you just like, wow. Yeah. Well, I yep. mean, because never, I mean, for me, like never in my wildest dreams am I going to be in a position where something that is that old, I get to kind of like help bring back to life yeah. in the sense, because even then, I mean, there's tons of stuff that's out there. I, I, when I was younger, just, you know, the Indiana Jones comment, my whole goal was to be like Indiana Jones and to just find things that were hidden and mm-hmm. lost yeah, and so I, I always kind of love that about watches, and I think it's it's every person's dream in the U.S. to to find something like that in their home. You know, I mean, th- there was a 
a woman that I was I had lunch with the other day, and she was talking to me about um, the the Paul Newman Daytona that had sold a long time ago, or not a long time ago, but not that long ago. And she was like, you know, my husband had something like that just in the drawer, and she pulls it out right in front of me, and it was like this never worn, brand new, unbelievable watch that I was just like, wow, there there is still a lot of like amazing historic things yes. that are just in people's drawers at home. It makes me kind of wonder like what all else is out there. I know, sure. I, I think that, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think the example I gave you was something absolutely special because I would say the... Oh, yeah. Maybe I had... I had there's quite a few had, Paul Newman Daytonas. Not, not, not a one of one. I on, on the million to see that watch in, in flesh and bone, but I, 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 I could see it. Uh, so, okay. But uh, in fact, we, we are discovering, uh, when, when we are working with our archives, we are discovering uh, day after day or week after week uh, that uh, we have the connection with that, uh, with that client or that client. Right. And uh, this is, uh, this is uh, I think that... Um, many companies are rediscovering the importance of, of heritage right. and uh, re-doing a, a lecture of their, of their past and, and to nurture uh, storytelling and, and, to, and today, today actuality, I think so. So that, that really makes sense, and especially in watchmaking. Yeah, I was going to say, because it feels like watches now people are, are more interested in than ever before. Yes. I, I don't know if it's because of Instagram or other news sites or Hadinki or whatever that is, but people are so interested in it. Even people, you know, that I, that will reach out to me that are like, Hey, I want to get a watch. Like, I think I can start here, but you know, sure. They may not be able to start with a, with a Vacheron, but they, they're still very interested in, in the beauty of just a small mechanical timepiece. Yeah. I think, I, think uh, I, I just have to correct you. I think oh, it's, really, it's really possible to start with the Vacheron Constantin. Sure. It is? Okay. I mean, yeah, if you think about the vintage Vacheron Constantin, that, yeah, you, you, you could find some, some great, great... Uh, Actually, I stand watches, corrected. Yeah. No, yeah. you're absolutely yeah. right, No, it's true. So I think you, so I think you are you're giving two, two very good examples of... Uh, I think it's true, uh, uh, watches has have probably never been... Uh, that there is a lot of interest around watches. Obviously, I think Instagram it's it's a it's a great uh, it's it's a great tool for that. So we are present. I would say the heritage department mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. myself we are present uh, through uh, through an account which is the the Hour Lounge, and um, this, we are posting uh, every week, almost every day, new stories about our heritage. And uh, you are also mentioning Hodinkee. I think it's very true. Uh, Hodinkee, uh, especially in the USA, I think yeah. they. they they did a fantastic work about uh, explaining uh, what is really behind a watch and, and what is watchmaking. So I think it's, uh, for me, what is fantastic uh, is to, to see that uh, I see a lot of young people who are interested into, into watches and not only into uh, modern watches, but also into vintage watches. Yeah. And I think for me, this is, this is absolutely great. Yeah, I think something I wanted to call out to is um, from other experience I have of, of talking to other people in the watch world, um, some companies are not as excited about the ver- their vintage watches as you guys are. And I think that that speaks a lot to how much I love and admire Vacheron by the fact that you're not like, no, 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 the new watches. It's, it, the, there's a celebration that you were talking about of the vintage watches. And e- you know, even we were chatting, you're like, oh, there's yep. beautiful vintage Vacherons you can, you can get. And that, I mean, that, that means a lot. And I think... Even buyers and other people who are listening to this, 
you know, to know that there's all different entry points and that vintage true, is celebrated true. and yeah. recognized is, is really exciting. No, I think it's totally true. And uh, when I when I joined the, the heritage department, I, when I took over the responsibility of the heritage department in 2017, so we, we have uh, developed uh, a concept uh, which is uh, Les Collectionneurs, the collectors, mm -hmm. in which we are, we are offering a vintage Vachon Constantin for, for sale. So uh, how, how do we do this? So we are buying back uh, some, some vintage Vacheron Constantin that we are restoring. So we are restoring the, the whole movement. We are not trying not to touch the, the case and the dial because we want to keep yeah. the, the, each watch has, has, has a different story to tell. Right. So we, we keep the watches uh, in, in, in their condition. We restore the movement to make sure that it works flawlessly. And we are offering them from sale in our, in our boutique through, through events. And we are giving uh, the same uh, warranty that we give for, for modern watches. But um, I think that there, there, there is a magic with vintage watches, which is that, uh, I mean, I, I have a vintage watches on my wrist. I so know. This is a triple trip calen cal. calendar um, Love that. still from 1945. Yeah. And uh, what is the magic about that watch? I think that... Uh, First of all, I, I love the design, which is a crucial point. But the second, uh, we did less than 100 of, this, of these watches in, in the 40s. And uh, I think the 40s uh, was a very difficult decade for, for the whole world. Sure. So it has a very important... Uh, Especially it in a, steel. Yes. Yeah, steel is very rare for any yeah. watch from the 40s. <laughs> yes. And so they, this, it was an important moment, I think, in the, in the history of humanity. Yeah. 1945. And... Uh, Every morning when I when I wear this watch, I, I wind it up. This watch, I always think about that. This watch comes from 1945, and it's uh, it, it has a presence on my wrist, which is uh, or a resonance, which which is different from 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 a modern timepiece. And uh, I have the greatest respect from from that watch, which, by the way, uh, is absolutely uh, perfectly functioning. So I think that uh, that this is the the magic with vintage watches. So they are really coming from a long time ago. Yeah. And they, they, they have a, they have a, a story which is always a, a different story, and that's what is so interesting with vintage watches. And it's fun, it's fun to to also to collect these watches. I would oh, say yeah. within my team, so we are always excited about uh, trying to find uh, that. What we are looking for certain watches. We have some, we have some some babies that we love. So we are we are trying to find them. Yeah, and uh, when we can, we can we can find one. We're just like kids, <laughs> and uh, and sometimes where I, I wish to uh, a bit like you, I would like to to. There are some models I would like to love to to acquire, but uh, well, I'm supposed to sell them, so okay. So yeah, I was gonna say that's that's yeah. gotta be tough, you know. If you yeah, yeah, if is. you're a kid in a candy store, yeah. a lot of times you want to make sure you oh, don't like candy. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> no, no, I think it's it's great. No, I think the the. <clears throat> We could talk hours about the, the, I would say, vintage watches, but I think this is something, it's, a, it's absolutely phenomenal, and it's probably only the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and, and I think the thing I just want to jump back to is a lot of, you know, I have a few friends who are really interested in vintage watches, but they're just like, hey, Jeremy, like, can you look at this? And I, I'm not going to lie, I know enough to make a lot of mistakes, which is what I've done. I'm usually emailing people and being like, hey, is this okay? Is this good? But to know and be able to to buy vintage from the people that actually made the watch, I there's that's yeah. huge. I, that's I mean, huge. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's a really big deal, and that's also that's great to you know how how far the industry has grown and progressed, and that you guys are able to lead that. That's that's really cool. Yes, and I think also uh, I would say for me, it's it's very interesting because uh, we are offering these watches uh, through exhibitions and events. Mm-hmm. And uh, I very often I'm, I'm joining these events, and for me that's it's a great it's a great way uh, to to uh, to meet uh, potential clients or future clients or existing clients, and yeah. to discuss with them. I mean uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not here just to basically uh, you know uh, push for for, uh, for 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 sales. Yeah. I'm really here to 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 talk about these watches and 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 and, t- and tell to to someone why he should buy that watch uh, and, and and why is it so important and what 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 what's so important with that uh, that movement etc and uh, for me that that's uh, that's a fantastic uh, 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 way to talk about my passion which are which are watches and i'm i'm very happy to see uh, more and more uh, young people uh, who are in their 30s some some of them less than than 30 years old and they have some some vintage watches uh, uh, from from different brands, I don't know, like uh, okay, tool watches from the sixties, for example. Yeah, and it's it's great because I think it's uh, it's it's showcasing this this huge interest for for vintage watches, which is which is which is here. Yeah. Well, so uh, there's a few other things I just want to ask you before before yep. we wrap. So, what do you do when you're not doing watches? Like, there's got to be some yeah. other way that you can a few things relax. Finally, at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think. Uh, well, I, I was talking about that with, with friends of mine the other day and say, but finally, I have a very, very little private life okay. in the sense that uh, I, I, like, I like what I do. So I'm, I'm, I'm traveling quite a lot. So I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in airports. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm flying also in the, in the weekends because it's, it's, it's easier for me as well. And, uh, but, uh, well, I think I always means a guy who is very curious about, uh, so, I I I don't know, I don't have only one single passion. I've I have several uh, interests, and uh, but when I interest when I'm interested into something, you know, I, I go very deep into. I'm trying to read everything about uh, about Same that here. thing. Yeah. And uh, well, after after a few weeks or few months, I get totally exhausted about this, and I just say, okay, I want to escape from that. Oh. But, um, but so you burn uh, out on what you yeah, get excited yeah, in, a, in a way, in a way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in other words, I think I'm very curious and. Uh, I think I'm I'm pretty uh, uh, an open-minded person. Okay. So I, and uh, also I I, th- I think I'm still very much like 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 a child or a kid. So I always get a lot of enthusiasm about new things, etc. And I try as much as possible to to keep my my mind open for open for 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 new things. Yeah. But there are a f- few things that I love in life besides watches. I well I I like since since my childhood I like uh, hi-fi. Gear, like stereo, you know, stereo. Yeah, I remember so, we chatted a little yeah, bit about, about the yeah, Yamaha NS10s. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love vintage uh, as well. Yeah, vintage hi-fi kind of, you know, uh, uh, vacuum tube amplifiers. So do vinyl. You, yeah, do you listen to vinyl like, at home? Is yeah, that? sure. I have a pretty, pretty good. I have two turntables. One, one which is an SME, which is uh, mm-hmm. you know, the the Graal. Uh, the holy grail for, yeah. for me it was the holy grail so i could find one of these uh of this mythical sme and uh now it's mine 
And sometimes I just go and uh, just go and just have a look to my SME, and that's it. That's that's enough for me. I don't even have to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to see see it. Just yeah. just gaze upon it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's one record that if you put on this record, you're like, okay, my day went from a bad day to a good day. I think I, I cannot mention only one record because uh, well, I, I, I used to I used to well, music has always been important for me. This is why I live high high gear. I think uh, the very first vinyl that I bought, I was like maybe 13, was a uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, Are uh, you experienced? Uh, that was um, that was not a, a long. Uh, that was not a. Um, it was a small vinyl, 45 uh, rotations per minute. Okay. You know, smaller ones. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was um, Voodoo Child. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, and um, well. I still listen to um, to Jimi Hendrix and uh, Electric Ladyland. Yeah, and I think uh, our rainy days dream away. That is a great piece. The other day, I was having dinner with a friend of mine, Suzanne, who is a journalist working okay. in watch industry, and she she texted me on WhatsApp. Oh my gosh, it's raining! So I sent her uh, Jimi Hendrix "Rainy Days Dream Away." I said to her, "Like, okay, listen to that, okay?" So. Um, if I put on my SME uh, rainy days dream away, I think it would would be a cool day for me. That's yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. That's good to think of Jimi Hendrix being yeah. blasted by the younger you in the Valley de Jou is like pretty pretty rad. No, I think uh, <laughs> you think so. Yeah, I do think so. I, I mean that. No, I mean yeah. I mean Jimi Hendrix is uh, yeah. He had a major influence of my probably on the, the music I, I I listen. I think. There is a special. Uh, there is something special with Jimi Hendrix. I mean, the, the, the groove he has is something really unique. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting. This was this was a ton of fun. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks uh, a lot, John. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks. You've been listening to Blamo. As always, our theme music is by Tan Lines. If you like the show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow along with us on Instagram at Blamo Podcasts or send us an email at info at blamopod.com. If you want to chat with other friends of the pod, join our Slack group. It's a place online where tons of other listeners chat about watches, clothes, you name it. Just send us an email saying, hey, I want to join the Slack group and we'll get you in. All right, see you next week.